What's good, good people? Welcome to the Heat Talks Podcast. I'm your guy, Daryl, coming at you with another exciting episode. Heat Talks Podcast, we talk about life, legacy, and purpose. And on today's episode, if you want to feel, if you want to live a full and whole life, I think it depends on the type of people that you have around you. Um, so on today, we want to talk about friends. Um, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you talk about friends. I think as I'm getting older, I'm learning who do I consider a friend. Who do I consider an associate? Who is somebody that I consider to be, um, you know, a colleague? Like, as I'm getting older, I'm beginning to set boundaries and designations and and ideas around who I have around me, um, how long they're around me, and what's their purpose and intention for being around me for. Um, And that's caused me to see that, hey, not everybody's a friend, not everybody's an associate. At the same time, not everybody's an enemy, not everybody needs to stay a stranger. Some people are meant to be in your life for a purpose um, or meant to be in your life for a reason. So it's meant for you to um, engage with them and talk about intentionality. So on today, I just want to do a quick short video talking about uh, what are friendships, um, five or maybe even three steps on how to get those friendships and gain those friendships. And then what does a a successful, um, beneficial, mutually beneficial friendship look like? So number one, I think um, how to, I guess, um, win friends and influence people. If you go back to the old book, um, I think by Mr. Carnegie, um, and you know, it talks about things smiling and doing all these things. But to me, if you're trying to uh, win friends and, and influence people, you're already in the wrong bucket. You can't really win a friend. If you're trying to win somebody over, that means that you're doing something that's probably going to even compromise yourself or it's disingenuous because you can't really win people over. Um, you can you know do things to be more friendlier. You can do things to be supportive of other people. You can do things to you know um, put yourself out there. But trying to win and influence people sometimes causes us to to be authentic and disingenuous. So I would say the number one thing when it comes to trying to I guess recruit friends or make friends if you're in a new city or maybe you don't have any friends at all and you're at the same city forever. You're in a situation how I was how you know my friend groups kind of just went away to college or never came back or, or decided to, to, to leave once they finished college and, 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 you know, having to try to find and navigate a new space without really having anybody that I could, you know, kick it with on a daily day basis. For me, my number one thing was I was just intentional um, around the people that I was with. So for me, it started on my job. I was blessed to um, work a, a job opportunity where I was around a lot of young people, um, younger people. Um, there wasn't any younger males there. Um, man, I mean, a coworker that was a few years older than me, and me and him just kicked it and, and hit it off. And, um, you know, I wasn't afraid about, hey, bro, you want to catch lunch sometime? You know, I knew that person was new to the city, new to the state. So, you know, feel free to offer, hey, if you're going out, I got some recommendations. We're going to do, do this, that, and the third. Just talking to them so that we had some, some shared commonalities. And after we had those shared commonalities, I mentioned, hey, I'm part of a few, you know, groups, young professional groups or just different groups around the city. You know, if you ever want to come to an event, you know, ever want to hang out, kick it, he goes to flyer, he goes this, he goes that. And then that purpose, that person had to be receptive towards it. So, again, the friendship is a two-way street. It's like, hey, I can reach out, talk to you, invite you to certain things, help give you advice, help you along the way with, you know, certain situation you might be in, really need help moving or really need help, you know, I don't know, um, you know, you got an event coming up and you need somebody to help come set up chairs and help you out early in that day. I can be a friend, but also to know truly if that's a friend, they're going to reciprocate that same energy. That person not going to call you 
you keep asking for help without them not being an asset to you. And that person not going to keep asking you for money without you reciprocating it, without them reciprocating that same effort back to you. That person not going to keep coming to you, um, you know, um, trying to share their burdens or stress. And even though that's a good part of being not a friend, you can, you know, kind of bounce ideas off each other. But they're not going to keep coming to you trying, trying to put that dark cloud on you, but not reciprocate the opportunity for for you to you know express how you're feeling um or vice versa even you say hey you know setting a sharp boundary i appreciate that i'm kind of going through some stuff myself if they can't accept that you're you know at a certain point in your life where you cannot handle everybody else's load of burden but you are inviting them to church you're inviting them to let them talk to your favorite therapist or counselor you're inviting them and giving them resources to help them get over those hard times that they're that they're with that you can help walk along the way with them you can help them side by side, but, you know, you're at a place in your life where, you know, you can't fully take on anybody else's burden, but you're giving them opportunity to find ways to unload that burden, and, and they're not receptive towards that. That's not really a friend. That's just somebody who wants to just use you for the free time and attention that you have. So just knowing the difference is important. So number one, be if you're trying to make friends, be intentional about, you know, inviting them out to certain places, be intentional about, you know, connecting with them, be intentional about checking in on them, be intentional about letting it happen organically and not forcing it. And then on the other flip side, once you gain a friend, be intentional about setting sharp boundaries, be intentional about saying, hey, these are some of the things, you know, these are my do's and my don'ts. If you see some of those situations like infringing upon other relationships, other friendships, um, you know, or whatever it might be. So I think all those things are important. You begin to learn those as you get older. Particularly going us as black men, I think it's extremely important that we build brotherhoods. I think we really truly don't see black male brotherhoods anymore. You know, other than the few groups that you have is you know, like got your the Masons, you know, you got your your frats and you got your field of things in the black community. But other than that, I mean one hundred black men, but other than that, you really just don't see a lot of spaces for older black men and not just older as in senior black men i mean post-college black men so think 23 through 35 you really don't see a lot of those groups that exist out there um so for me i think where we as black men fail and you very rarely hear me say that because again it's about life legacy and purpose and, and keeping it positive but to totally to be totally honest where a lot of us as black men fit black men fail we don't understand the principles of brotherhood if they're not in the same frat or in the same lodge or the same whatever, and I'm not a part of any of that stuff, so I'm just talking about it from the outside looking in, it's like there's really not a whole lot of spaces for, I guess, unaffiliated black men to move. We don't really have a black man who cold, black man who rock. Um, you know, I again, I'm a, I was at the FinCon conference, and there was a um, black women or women of color who podcast. It wasn't really like a lot of, there wasn't a space for black men of color to maneuver and, and gather around. And I just don't see that here. I see that in all the spaces I'm in. There's really not like a, a space or a central hub for that. Um, because if you look at the statistics, again, granted, not trying to pit nobody's journey or nobody's um, struggles against each other. Black men and black women both have um, you know, struggles that we have to go through individually. And, you know, I mean, a lot of times as men, we cause some of the struggle in the community sometimes. We're just keeping on stack and vice versa. But at the same time, black men, if you look at the statistics, have it, you know, hard in a lot of situations too. So when we talk about like the male-dominated industries, black men, you look around, we're not really a part of male-dominated industries either. We're kind of the outcasts in that. If you look at the statistics, when it comes to tech jobs and it comes to all these, you know, C-suite executives, primarily, no disrespect, not trying to disrespect nobody, but it's primarily white men. And then they say, well, these are all men. No, these are just those men because you don't really see a lot of representation and color in a lot of these spaces, period. 
They just keep it a stack. So when I say all these things, we as black men don't have a, a space for brotherhood. I think that's what messes us up a lot of times. So a lot of groups don't really exist like that. So we have to figure out ways to do that. How do we build a brotherhood? So that's why go on this rant. How do, how, do, how do we build a brotherhood? No more way we build a brotherhood is, again, getting inside of black male spaces. So for me, over these last few months, I've done a really good job at all the young professional groups I'm part of. I might just pull one or two bros aside that I really click with and be like, hey, man, like, you know, I click with so-and-so and so-and-so. I know you cool with him. Man, let's all go grab some lunch sometime. That way, I go to church, and then I might hit up a few of the younger guys at the church, like of my age, and be like, hey, man, one day we need to all get together and kick it and get lunch, have a male outing. I know for me, I'm part of a, a young um, weekly Bible study, and uh, something that I've been that guys been putting on my heart to do is like do like these male outings. So a lot of the sisters from the group, you know, they have like their group chat and they might get together uh, or potentially plan stuff to get together, do like movie night and other things or whatever they might do. And the same thing for the guys. I know I took everybody to a football game and tickets were free, and just us just got together. And I think our bond and our relationships have been a little bit closer because of that. And since then, one guy on the group has been impartial himself to make sure that at least once a month or, heck, once every two weeks, we come over to the crib and, you know, it's co-ed, but everybody's able to bring, you know, um, their significant other, whatever they cook and eat, and then kind of the guys go to one side and the girls can go to one side. We got to play cards and just kick it and chill. So I think it's just me having that intentionality of just saying, hey, this is something that we need to do. This is some brotherhoods that we need to form. You know, this is how we get things done. And I think, again, going back to it, it's the intentional follow-up is, you know, somebody said they got a new job, not only congratulating them in that moment, but texting them a week later and saying, hey, how's the job going? People really... I can't tell you how many times people go back and be like, whoa, you really remember that? Um, I know a, a dude that I'm, I'm pretty cool with, pretty close to, um, gave me a shout-out for my birthday, uh, cashed at me, and then I knew his birthday was a few months down the road. The minute he did that, I put it on my calendar because he had to cash at me. He had to say happy birthday and all that good stuff. I literally did the same thing. I, I put his birthday inside my, count, inside my work calendar so I didn't remember it. And guess what? When his birthday comes up a little bit from now, I'm going to reciprocate the same thing. And I went to him the other day, and I was like, hey, yeah, you got any plans for your birthday? Like, oh, you remember it. Because, again, we as men have to move with intentionality of saying, hey, this is what we want to see from society. These are some of the ways that we can do it. This is how we build a brotherhood. This is how we build this bond. I think a lot of times we as men assume that we have to do everything on our own. But if you pay attention to even um, the story of Jesus, the most powerful human being that ever walked the face of the earth, he rolled with a group of disciples. He rolled with a group of brothers. He had a brotherhood. Um, with him. If you look at a baseball team, you have a group of people. Even if you want to look at boxing um, or UFC, which is a one-on-one, hand-to-hand combat sport, if you go in between the rounds, he has a group of brothers, or sisters, or whoever. He has a group of people that are looking at his cuts, that are hydrating him, giving him water, giving him ice packs, talking about the strategy and the game plan as he goes back into the ring to, to go in for another round. Each and every time that, that bell rings, he goes to his corner with his folks, with his crew, they, they devise plans, they help him, you know, they, they talk to him, they minister to him, and then he goes right back out there into the journey, into the battle. So, just think about that. Pray that God sees some godly men in your life. Pray that you find people that you click with. Pray that you find people that are, are, are leading towards the paths that you're on. And if it's hard for you to make friends or find friends in those areas, begin to start finding conferences, begin to start finding church small groups, and if they don't exist, some of the how I've been doing, I've been doing some black male meetups one Friday a month. 
just putting on, on Eventbrite, me and a few of my brothers who I know are cool show up, and then if some other brothers show up, that's great. If they don't, that's cool too. We can still sit at the same spot and just vibe and chill. If you don't see um, what you want to see, be the change that you want to see. So, um, again, go to church groups, go to you know sporting events, you know, do your fantasy leagues, whatever it might be. Try to get those brothers collected together. And if you don't see some of the groups that you want to see, start creating them on your own. Uh, really start going out there and having some intentionality to create these black male spaces, these friendship groups, these brotherhood groups. I think they're extremely important. I can tell you the older generation, my granddad would go into the store and dap about five or six people. Um, again, different between friend, associate, and, and person that he knows. But so many of us as men live in silence, live in silo, live by ourselves, have, you know, intentional, unintentionally hermitized ourselves. Um and 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 just kind of, you know, allowed ourselves to to not I'm not saying it's in the red pills view, but just saying like in cells, like we allowed ourselves to be so internalized and we love solitude and we love being in a cave so much that we have forgotten that there's a life outside of you know, the cave, there's a life outside of Instagram, there's a life outside of our job, there's a life outside of all these things, and God wants us to live a life of abundance, um, so definitely go out there, you know, try to, try to meet people, if you see they're not cool, they're not the vibe, move on to the next, but eventually, if you keep working hard, you keep moving attention out, and you keep being in good, wholesome spaces with common, like-minded people, similar to FinCon, um, similar to a church setting, similar to, you know, um, you know, working at a, a working for a nonprofit where people, you know, have a passion about a certain avenue or lane. Joining these young professional groups, joining these junior boards, I promise you, eventually, if you keep working towards it, you'll find a tribe. It might just be one person. It might not be ten. It might be two people. It might not be twenty. But at least you'll begin to slowly build your community and build your tribe. So, just want to do a quick video talking about friendships and brotherhood. Um, what does it look like? Um, how to how to obtain them? Um, you know, kind of just give you a small story or, or kind of give you just my testimonial because, again, everything I talk about is nothing I, I think about. It's something I've actually lived. So until the next time, I appreciate y'all for joining us. This is the He Talks podcast. Leave some comments down below or share it or like it, however you're seeing this podcast. Uh, spread the message. Spread the word. Let us know how you're gaining friends and, and, and influencing people. And uh, feel free to share the podcast on, on any and all platforms. Until the next one. Thank you. Peace.